there, friend. Welcome back to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. We are kicking off a brand new season, the brand new theme. I hope you enjoyed last season, which was our Victory Garden series. We dove deep into all things organic gardening, seed starting, fall gardening, everything in between. So if you missed out on that, you can go back and catch up. But we have a brand new theme for the episodes moving forward, and I'm really excited to do a deep dive into this topic. You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I am Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I have helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Now, to be perfectly honest, I actually initially we were going to go a different direction for this season. I have this document that I brain dump all my ideas because my ideas always come at the weirdest times when I'm like cleaning the barn or I'm watering plants or kneading bread dough. Anybody else do that? Like I have to kind of be doing manual labor and then the creative floodgates open. So I keep this document where I just dump it because it does leave my brain. It doesn't stay there forever. And I had this other direction I was going to head. And then Texas. <laughs> Texas happened, and I'm referring to the devastating historic winter storms that hit Texas in February. It really like nothing Texas has ever seen, at least in recent history. And I, as I was watching the news reports coming out of Texas and these just heartbreaking stories of people sleeping in their car and the pipes bursting in houses and no heat and no electricity, and the, the grocery stores are wiped clean, and people are just stuck, right? Uh, I got a lot of thoughts, which is kind of what I do. I do a lot of rumination. I do a lot of thoughts. I blame it on being semi-isolated, because when you live out on the prairie, you get a lot of space to think. I mean, I still see humans sometimes, but I also just have a lot of margin, and I believe that's a really big part of what allows me to produce things like this podcast and my blog posts and things like that, because I have a lot of time to think and create. But anyway, I was thinking and thinking, and as I was watching these reports come and seeing friends on Facebook talking about it and just like, oh my gosh, this is unreal. It brought back a lot of flashbacks of a year ago, you know, when COVID entered the scene. And initially we all kind of thought, eh, it's going to be one of those flash in the pan deals until it wasn't. And then we started to see things happen that we'd never seen happen before and everything shuts down and we have toilet paper drama and we have meat shortages, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking as I'm comparing these events, I'm like, man, this happened twice in one year or, you know, basically the space of one year, two times. That is crazy in a world where we have all this technology and we've almost been lulled to sleep over the decades, that everything is taken care of. You don't have to worry about your food. Industrialization has it handled. Just depend on your technology and it'll all be okay. Somebody else will figure it out for you and there'll always be food on the grocery store shelves and there'll always be toilet paper. And 
it's good. It just wasn't anymore, right? Both in the COVID instance and for people in Texas. And, you know, a lot of thoughts came to me as I'm listening and watching and thinking. A lot of thoughts that are not necessarily new for me, things I've thought before, things I thought last year during COVID. But once again, it just feels like they were being hammered home, driven home to me. Things like, I don't want to always be dependent on other people's systems. And I don't want to be a sitting duck when something happens, who knows what happens. I don't want to be stuck without options. I don't want to be dependent on the government or anyone else to come save me. I don't like that feeling personally. I'm a very independent person. I'm a mover and a shaker. And I don't want to be sitting around waiting for someone to come rescue me. So when I'm thinking about these things, and the question I kept asking myself is, how can we be better prepared? Now, I got to say this right off the bat. I am not a prepper in terms of like a doomsday prepper or someone you might see on a prepping TV show. That's just not necessarily me. Well, my parents did do the Y2K thing. Anybody else? Maybe you, you guys did that or your parents did that. Like we had the buckets of beans and rice and stuff in our basement just in case the world blew up during Y2K. So maybe that had a little bit of a effect on me. I don't know. But I'm not necessarily a doomsday prepper. Um, we are naturally prepared by default because that is really side by side with homesteading homesteading in general, you have more food, you have things more thought out. But um, the thing that's kind of stopped me, honestly, from going full-fledged prepper over the years, and this is something Christian and I have debated ad nauseum, is what's the thing? What's the scenario going to be? You know what I mean? Like if you watch the TV shows, the people who are doing these insane, elaborate preps are always preparing for one particular scenario. And that's great if that scenario happens. But if a different scenario happens, like, then what, right? Like, if you if you built this amazing bunker commune to shelter in place in the case of a zombie attack, but then in reality, you actually, the zombies don't come and something else happens and you need to head for the hills. Well, you know, what was the point of all those preps or vice versa? So I'm not here to debate the... Uh, effectiveness of prepping or say it's wrong or anything like that. I think it's it's cool if that's your jam and that's your jive. But just for Christian and I, we've always kind of been like, yeah, well, I don't know. Would we, should we beef up our homestead and have it be ready for us to shelter in place here? Or should we be ready to head for the hills or all of the above? So we kind of always just kind of got stuck in limbo with that conversation. So we have food. We've always had food. You know, we have cows and we have gardens and we have all of that. But as far as being fully prepared, I would say, not so much. There's still a lot of things we're dependent on. The other thing that's always kind of bugged me about prepping a little bit or the prepper mindset, there's nothing wrong with being prepared. Absolutely not. But I don't like how a lot of it's really fear-based or maybe it's not the movement itself. Maybe it's just the content that sometimes you see floating around, but it's very, very fear-based. And that is not how I roll. If you've listened to my podcast at all, that's just not what motivates me. That's not how I operate. Um, I don't operate out of a place of fear. Even like this could be controversial because everything about this is controversial, but with COVID, I've never felt scared of COVID. I believe COVID is real. I know people have died from COVID. Um, I know people get sick from COVID. We actually had COVID in December. It was very anticlimactic. Uh, wasn't a big deal, but like I, 
I just have never felt scared of COVID. I've wanted to be prepared and I wanted to make sure we had food and all that vitamin C and all that, but I just don't operate out of a place of fear. That's not how I roll. And so the prepper movement that is just so fear-based and people are, you know, I, I have friends who are preppers or acquaintances who are preppers and they like, they can't sleep at night and they have anxiety because they're so upset. And I'm just like, I just don't want to wrap myself up into this ball of apprehension and fear because I just don't believe that's a good place for us to live. So trust me, keep listening. I'm not dogging on being prepared. I promise. Just hear me out. So all of that to say, I'm not a prepper, but the last year when we have the COVID instances and we have Texas and all the in-betweens, it showed me that perhaps, maybe, the more likely scenario is not zombies <laughs> um, or something like that, but rather a breakdown of systems and systems that we've depended on and systems that we trust. And so my thought is how can I look ahead and be more prepared and do better at being a little more self-sustaining, a little more self-reliant. Now, Christian and I do better than I would say the average American, obviously. Most of you listening who have homesteads or have a homestead mindset would, would also fall into that category. You know, you have skills, you know how to bake bread, you probably have canned food in your pantry. Um, you might have some chickens for the eggs or you have dairy goats for the milk. So you already have the skill set that's going to put you far ahead as far in preparedness more than the average American who doesn't know where a potato comes from, right? But I know there's a lot of holes with our homestead. And there's a lot of things we've kind of just taken the ostrich approach on, stick our head in the sand and hope it doesn't ever become a problem. You know, we're very dependent here on our homestead with, for the grid. Like we still need the grid for electricity and we still need electricity to power our well, which is kind of a problem. If the power goes out, I can't water my animals and I don't have water for myself. Um, and we're a little bit in the sitting duck category when it comes to that kind of stuff. We have a wood heat for our house and I could, you know, use my propane stove top if I needed to, if the power went out, I've done that in the past. But as far as the other things, we haven't really taken the time to think through them. So that's a very long-winded way to say, that is my inspiration for this season. We are going to be exploring how we can all increase our self-reliance. And that applies to current homesteaders. Maybe you live in the city, you live in a town. I'm going to bring on some really awesome guests. And I'm also going to do some solo episodes. And we're going to dive deep into this topic, not out of a place of fear, um, just out of a place of, hey, let's be, let's be prepared. And I love doing things that prepare me in the instance of some crazy disaster, but also that make my life better when there's no disaster, just on a regular basis. And a lot of the things that we do, I would say falls into that category are wood heat. Uh, I love wood heat. Now wood heat's handy if a blizzard comes and knocks out all the power poles, but I just want wood heat anyway, because it's my favorite. Or having a milk cow. I don't have a milk cow because I'm worried that someday all the grocery stores will explode and I won't have a place to get milk. I mean, I have a milk cow because I want the milk every day anyway. So that's the angle that I want to approach this topic from. Not out of fear, but more out of quality of life and being prepared at the same time. And I know a lot of you experienced a taste of this 
during the initial wave of COVID back in March and April, when the grocery stores were shut down, when there was meat shortages, you guys had food in your freezer and you had food in your pantry and you were doing that already because you loved it and you felt compelled to do it. And it was just an added bonus that you were prepared for this, who knew it was going to happen event that, you know, that COVID was. So I'm excited for the season. It's going to be good. Um, Oh, one, one side note here. Sometimes I use the word self-sufficiency. I use it a lot. Everybody in the homestead world uses it a lot. It's a common term. You guys know what it means, but sometimes people get a little weird about it. So I just want to clarify what I mean by self-sufficiency. When I say that term, I'm not referring to putting yourself in a position where you're becoming a hermit and doing everything yourself, because I really feel like there's a huge value in community. And you can build that community in a rural area, in a neighborhood, in a city, and we're going to have a whole episode on building that community and some strategies I've learned for dipping your toe into a community. If you're not from that place, sometimes that can be a little tricky or a little different because that's really the key. And, and if you look at some of the most successful um, old-fashioned communities like the Amish, right, they're not doing everything themselves on each of their little individual farms. They're really pulling together and you have people who specialize in different things and there's bartering and that's really, really important. So we're going to be focusing on that too. And I just don't want any of you to think that when I say self-sufficient, I'm expecting you to grow your own sugar cane and weave your own cotton cloth. And right, there's a give and a take and there's ways we can depend on each other. So it's not about becoming an island, but it's about developing skills and your own sense of preparedness that then you can use to bolster the community as a whole. And that's what happened with us in our little tiny community when COVID hit, you know, and everything shut down. And obviously we could still drive into the larger towns, but nobody really wanted to because the stores were shut and things were weird. We really pulled in closer to our rural friends and acquaintances and um, it was awesome. And I think it strengthened the bonds here even more. And I would love for more people to be able to experience that because in our day and age, we're disconnected. Social media has us connected with the whole world, but sometimes really lacking in our communities. So that's going to come to, we're going to talk about some ideas for that and some inspiration as well. So there you have it. I didn't really know what to call this season. I went back and forth. I was going to like, do I call it prepping for non-preppers, but I just didn't like the sound of that. And I didn't want to offend the preppers because I really love preppers. I just don't really identify completely with the movement. And I thought, is it like, I call it self-reliance for everyday people, but that just felt like a mouthful. So here's what I'm calling it. At least as of the time of this recording, it could change. <laughs> I'm going to call it, it's time to buck the system. Cause I love the idea of thinking outside the box and doing things different and figuring out creative ways to blaze our own trail in homesteading and beyond. So there you have it, friends. I'm really excited. If you have any particular topic or guest you would like to see featured on this season, I don't have all the episodes recorded yet. So please shoot me an email or an Instagram message, and I would love to consider your idea. So thank you so much for listening. As always, you can keep up with me over on Instagram at the Prairie Homestead, or you can follow along via email if you're skipping social media these days. And you can join my once a week email list over at theprairiehomestead.com slash layout. We'll talk more soon. Happy homesteading, friends. <laughs>